Hello and welcome to Chasing Elephants, a podcast by SwiftScale. Chasing Elephants is an analogy for young businesses trying to sell into large enterprise clients, or so-called elephants. If your startup can catch an elephant, it'll feed you for a long time. However, the task is often fraught with risk, and it might just kill you. On this podcast, we invite a range of startup founders and corporate executives to share their stories and insights into this topic. Whether you're an up-and-coming entrepreneur, a seasoned executive, or simply curious about the dynamics between startups and corporates, this podcast will throw light on the all-important subject of chasing elephants. This is a Startup for 10 episode, where I try to get an overview of a top startup in just 10 minutes. And once again, you've guessed it, I got carried away and spoke for much longer than that. It's easy to understand why when I tell you that I was joined by Dwayne van der Sluis. Dwayne is the co-founder and chief scientific officer of WiseWorks, a communication intelligence platform that allows financial institutions to extract critical insights from audio and video interactions. Prior to his current role, Dwayne has had a varied and fascinating career, including holding important roles in financial institutions and founding his own company in 1994. You'll have to keep listening to hear what company he founded, but I'll bet you've heard of it. This range of experience means he's positioned really well to speak about enterprise sales, and I was really grateful he took the time to give his insights into the topic. I learned a lot from this one, and I hope that you get something from it too. So here is my conversation with Dwayne van der Sluis. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining me on Chasing Elephants. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, so I wanted to kick off, usually I ask people about their current company and I'd love to talk about WiseWorks. Um, but when I was going through the research for today, looking at the company and looking at your LinkedIn, yeah. I saw that you founded quite a few years ago now, Zorb. Yeah, that was, that was a good fun and it was a great laugh. Walking along the beach one day, a really still day, and we're thinking back to an old Coca-Cola ad where it had a huge clear ball out at sea, you couldn't see any land as the, as the camera moved around, and there were people in it, and of course they had coke on the side. And yeah. we're thinking, oh, that'd be great on a, with the sea as even as uh, so as smooth as it is today and calm. You could just walk from the water onto the land. You wouldn't even notice. Like the, the waves were like an inch high. You know, it's yeah. just still. And but then you could feel the sand under your feet, and you know that you'd moved on something different. So we'd, then it was like, well, could you build it in such a way? That you weren't, you couldn't tell. So that's when the double-skinned idea came up. Right. And so then we had a a big, uh, um, you know, discussion. Would it work? Wouldn't it not work? I spent two days with an Excel spreadsheet trying to work out the ratio of the pressures on the outside to the inside. In the end, I just went, look, I'm just going to buy some plastic and try. So we bought some plastic. Uh, six weeks later, we had the first one built. Wow. Patent underway business grant you know it was it was good fun that's really amazing fun. it's um yeah because i i think they're a bit of a, a cool thing among my generation for sure i've seen lots of videos of them online yeah. um yeah that's incredible so um since then you've um worked for an ai company you've worked with signal i know yes. that we've worked with signal my flatmate actually now works for signal okay, recently got great. a job there yeah, so they're yeah, doing yeah. well um, yeah. and you also have worked for many financial institutions yes and now you're working at wiseworks who yes usually sort of target financial institutions so yes, absolutely would you like to just give me just a quick paragraph pitch of what WiseWorks does and the problem that it's trying to solve absolutely so um we're inundated with information we're inundated with communication business actually often happens person to person that's where the best ideas insights 
targets come from, you know, there's information in, in those interactions. And then someone leaves the firm and it's all lost. Hmm. So the initial ideas came for how do we capture all the knowledge inside a firm that is just readily there that is continually lost. Like companies, are, they have all the information, they can't get at it. Yeah. So it was making our verbal communications as easily access, uh, accessible and searchable as our emails. Just the same. You know? yeah. Lock them down in the right ways, share them in the right ways. So that was the, the uh, initial seed of the idea. Nice. Um, and it seems to be an idea that's more and more relevant now, now that we've kind of moved to hybrid models, most companies... We were really online. lucky with the, this was a good idea, but then uh, COVID and the lockdowns and the working from home just accelerated it. Mm. So we were lucky, very lucky with the timing. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to a couple of people and they've said that luck is always a, a big part of yep. any successful yep. uh, founding journey. So it's clear that there's a good use case for WiseWorks, but I'm really interested in SwiftScale. We're interested in the technology that underlies okay, it as well. Um one of the questions I had just personally is, how do you differentiate between voices? How do you train a technology yes. to do that? Because I worked a bit for a startup um, called Just Access, and they were making, yeah. um, were doing audio technology to make uh, transcripts from court proceedings yes. more accessible. And we were training this AI model using Supreme Court Great. Uh, judgments, yeah. and Absolutely. we were listening to all these judges and one of the problems that the computer had is that all these old white gentlemen <laughs> all S sounded sound. exactly the same absolutely how do you navigate that problem um so we're lucky in that in most uh zoom meetings you don't have a huge number of speakers so it's the instant that you start cutting that down from thousands to 10 or 5 it becomes a lot easier yeah one two the quality of the recording really matters so that also helps. And then also a lot of the uh, use cases that we're getting, most people are on different lines. So it's a hybrid meeting and people are, quite a few people are in, uh, uh, in, uh, different, on different lines to begin with. And then you're getting a group of, you know, two, three, four, ten in the same room. Mm. But then those ten people, so we still have that problem with those ten. And what you can do is you can train uh, models to do this, but we're, what we're doing is we're adding a whole lot of the uh, uh, linguistic information as well. So, uh, you know, uh, okay, you know, is, is John coming? Yes. Uh, something like, you know, probably that yes is by a different speaker. So we can do it just, you know, there's a certain a lot of information we can get just from the transcription as well. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're combining acoustic models, then starting to starting towards, but not quite fingerprinting at this stage, the individual voices, and then uh, and then using the um, linguistic information as well. That makes a lot of sense, right? So if it sounds like a natural progression of a conversation, Correct. you can pick up on that. Yeah. That's, that's quite cool. Um, so the other thing I saw uh, is that you use deep learning. Um, okay. The way I interpreted it, tell me if I'm wrong, is that um, you use deep learning to make sense of a transcript that has mistakes in it. So yes. something has maybe been recorded wrong because it was mispronounced or it's been misheard perhaps by the audio okay. equipment. Yeah. Um, and so then you can change that mispronounced word into the right word, or yes. you can change a number 
into a monetary value or a currency yes. or something. Correct. And that is that deep learning that you're it using. It is. Yes. It is. So how how does that work? I get, well, like what is most deep, of deep learning, learning? I suppose. Okay. Cool. Great. Um, deep learning is a way that you can take a, new, a neural network in its crudest form. A neural network is also known as a multi-level perceptron. Is um, multiple little nodes that pass. Uh, into layers of nodes that pass from one to another to another to another. Each one of those nodes has a non-linearity in it, like a little activation function that then makes it more or less. And there are proofs to show that from any input, it's possible to get any output that you want. Right. Now what deep learning does is it learns which weights in which ones of those little cells and combinations between those cells, what those weights need to be to get your desired output given what you're showing it. So you can, you know, say the the word one and, you know, with, again with lots and lots of other data, you can get the, you know, the one bit on the out- output to light up that someone just said one. Yeah. Now that is, so that's deep learning at a thousand foot uh, level. Um, it turns out so that the, it turns out that the, you can learn anything just as long as you have the data and your network is big enough so you have enough compute. Um, and so then it comes down to the, another requirement that the it's in distribution and it's identically distributed. So what that means is the data that you get in the future is the same as the data that you've had in the past. So right. uh, if, if you just train something on my voice, that then you're not going to get a someone with a different accent, non-interpodean accent, you know, different gender, like speaking, you know, this, this wouldn't work. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's complicated. I think I've followed it. Okay. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very impressive technology. Um, and yeah, that's probably something I should read into more as well. Actually deep learning. I'm always kind of interested in, in these kinds of technologies. It's an interesting company. It's a different company. It's definitely complicated, but useful technology when it comes to enterprise sales when it comes to chasing elephants which is the the theme of this podcast what what kind of approach do you take to trying to sell to a a large enterprise and in particular i suppose um i'd wonder given your background in financial institutions do you find that background to be helpful are you using knowledge of the industry contacts maybe yeah how do you go about enterprise sales it is strangely useful but not in exactly the way that i thought it would be so what ends up happening in these large organizations is you get siloed you know your team you know the the teams that you interact with but you don't know someone on the other side of the bank yeah and so for us selling in and you know uh, both tio and i had a an idea of the bureaucracy that goes on in these firms. So, you know, we start to, you know, try and sell in from the outside and people would approach me because I was in high frequency trading, you know, trying to sell a high frequency trading system, but I had no budget. You know, I'm not in that part of the organization. So what we're doing is we've turned the problem around a little bit and people are rewarded for knowing contacts and making contacts across the bank. So now if we can get someone from technology or innovation that was very useful for us, uh, a useful uh, uh, entity in a lot of the banks, and then we go into the business side for the specific problem that we're solving and get someone on the business side that actually has that problem. Yeah. Now they don't know about each other. So we initiate conversations with both. If we can get a meeting, then we tell them that we're talking to each other. 
and then all of a sudden they've got a contact inside mm. so they are appreciate they uh you know can say to their in the, you know on their objectives for the year yes i've i've established a, a project with the uh, innovation team and etc uh, we're the innovation team yes we've, we've opened up a new uh, dialogue and conversation with a business line that we never used to work with yeah and by giving them something personally then we've managed to get uh, good traction with these companies which was very uh, very interesting that's a really yeah, it's a really interesting way of framing it because i think we often think of sales as going from one person to another and building the connection from the outside in yep. it sounds like you're building a network and connections within the organization connecting Absolutely. people within Correct. so that they can all communicate and say is this a tool we'd like to use and hopefully the answer is yes and they'll put you on to other uh, other people other teams other use cases that like we weren't aware of and so are there any challenges that you face when many we've we've explored a few on on the podcast already um yeah any anything maybe specifically to to financial institutions that might be something you can don't underestimate well when i was in some of these large uh, investment banks um we started to try and want well i wanted to do intraday releases so we've got money flowing through the system a fin- um, foreign exchange system and we want to update it while while it's running mm. and people were against this because you know it's it's risky but the option was to do it on the weekends when all the systems are turned off when there's no one around to fix things yeah. and there are no prices flowing through so you can't tell actually if it's working or not and the the common theme i got is oh no this other team won't be happy with that and it's like well can you tell me who in that other team wouldn't be or or do you have a contact in that other team yeah and that was very hard to find like often people didn't say that they didn't have a problem with things but oh compliance won't like it or support won't like it or whatever different area it is and so um there was my learnings inside there and you just have to keep asking and so but also outside we have to do the same so it turns out that for one of these banks there were going to be 12 or are 12 different committees that we'd need to get through before we get signed off and some of them only meet quarterly so wow. this means it's going to be a long sales cycle yeah like no matter how well it is uh uh, received by the by your sponsor your sponsor may not be in their job anymore by the time you get there so you really need good good traction either it has to be a, a very simple decision but if you start doing very enterprise level software then it's going to be a lot of uh, review which is understandable yeah so again comes back back to that long sales cycle but absolutely yeah it's an interesting way of framing it and and i think there's often people don't notice that it comes down to individuals like you say that they might move on and your connection becomes well your connection in a way it's not to the company you often think of it as i'm connected to company a truth is you're connected to john at company a and if john goes or god forbid gets hit by a bus so i don't know why i'm using my brother's name it's quite morbid (laughs) (laughs) you know but, but you see what i mean there's a sort of problem and um I think something that Jeremy, a, a previous guest on the show, said is that it's easy to conceptualize these um, enterprises as one being, but the truth is They're it's not. a collection of loads and loads of beings, human beings, you know, thousands. And that is one of the, the difficulties, right? And the other thing is articulate the pain that you're solving as clearly as possible. 
um, sometimes emotionally, sometimes in work, and sometimes in cost. So there are lines that are execution-only lines. This is where someone calls up on the phone and says, hi, I'd like to buy 50 shares of something. Uh, yeah, thanks, bye. And yeah. you can only execute on these lines. That's all you can do. And then someone, you know, opens up uh, their key, uh, keyboard. They tend to write an email to themselves. The, the call is recorded, but it goes into the void and no one can find it again. Um, and uh, and then the, there's a keying error. And any errors that occur come back to the private wealth company or to the bank or whoever has just entered that, that code. And so prices can be moving quite quickly, and it can be $50, $100, $200, plus all the administration of saying why you're taking that loss back to your organization. So the cost of these errors is actually substantial. Mm. And so one of our use cases was just getting the people will buy when they need to sell or sell when they need to buy, just making sure that there's a way to check that one word against the, uh, the actual uh, entry being keyed. And so going back to exact use case and then the, the very hard facts and figures on what it costs becomes very worthwhile and starts to open doors and move things. Yeah. So... Yeah. So I know that you work with some good and high-level clients, um, but I think we, we don't really necessarily want to name them. Um, you know, what, what kind of results um, will a client see, their positive results from WiseWorks? Um, we're, getting, uh, we're getting quotes back from, the, uh, cu- uh, from customers saying it'll save 40 to 60% of their time. Wow. And so this is, these are uh, people in roles, and they, the company, their, their management, cannot hire enough people in those roles at the moment and they've got too much work yeah so in that way we've you know we've managed to tap into something which is great mm. and we're you know we're going to uh, sort of uh trying to accelerate that vertical at the moment which is is very interesting brilliant yeah um fantastic i mean we i know that we use a sort of transcription tool at the moment um and i was i was comparing it when i was looking at wiseworks website i won't name the tool that we use <laughs> but I'm, I'm not a huge fan let's put okay. it that way because it just gives a transcript, right? And it's yep. not necessarily always accurate, but it's just a, re- a record of what happens. And in a weird way, you end up doing the meeting, being there, and then reading it all the way through. But something WiseWorks seems to do is that it gives action points, which Absolutely. is always really cool. So what we're doing is, so a transcript will actually cost you more time than if you just got a, a pad and paper, sat in the meeting and jotted things down. Yeah. You'd be you'd be further ahead than actually a transcript. Yeah. Um, so what you need is you need the like a, a human level way of summarizing different pieces, and so you, you've I don't know if you heard about uh, generative AI. Mm. So we have those we have some of those models, um, and we can also we've got gateways so that if you if you're from a firm that will allow us to share your data externally, we can use them, or we can use the ones we have internally, and your data goes nowhere. So then all of a sudden we can pull out actions and summaries and. Uh, all of a sudden, you, you've got a question about a four-hour meeting that was very technical. You can find who said, you know, or oh, Dwayne said something about the product. Yeah. Boom, you're right there. Um, so you can listen to it again, or you've got summaries that you can just read. And usually, you don't actually need to listen to or watch the um, the, the video again. Usually, that's enough. And you go, it's jogged the memory. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. I know what's going on, and I've got the information I need. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an unbelievably useful thing to be able to map audio. 
I mean, I'm after this conversation, I will edit this episode. <laughs> and one of the first things I do when I go through is I chop things up and will label them as this is when we spoke about X, Y, yeah. and Z. Because you just look at it and it's just a bunch of waves on the screen. Yeah. Um, and again, like I say, when I worked for that, um, for Just Access, that was a similar thing was how can we navigate a complex court judgment? How yeah. can we map a court judgment to the exact point in the three day hearing yeah. where Barrister a said something to barrister b yeah. um yeah it's a it's an untapped resource and pool of, of knowledge is. um and it's really cool to hear about the technology that's that's helping us tap into that okay. within workplaces cool so yeah thank you so much for joining me and for um taking the time and explaining the technology it's absolutely fascinating um mm, wish you all the best with the, the rest of the journey thank you it was a, it was a pleasure so thank you thanks for listening to chasing elephants and thank you again to my guest Dwayne. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to find out more about WiseWorks and how the company helps deliver best practices in every meeting, you can visit their website at wiseworks.ai or you can reach out to SwiftScale and we'll gladly put you in touch. I personally really enjoyed the conversation and I'm sold. I think WiseWorks is a great idea, especially as more companies adopt hybrid models because it unlocks a previously untapped wealth of knowledge so often lost in verbal communication. It was a real pleasure to speak with Dwayne and to hear about the company. This was a podcast by Swift Scale. We've been in the business of connecting scaling companies to large enterprises for over seven years. We understand the difficulties of chasing elephants. So if you're a founder looking to scale your business or you're an executive who wants to keep your finger on the pulse of innovation, feel free to reach out to us through our website, swiftscale.co or message us on LinkedIn. If you found this podcast informative, please leave a positive rating and review and subscribe so you can keep up to date with our startup and executive interviews. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to catch you on the next one.